Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day you're listening to this, welcome to another one of our mental health and COVID-19 podcasts. Uh, we have a bit of a theme going on at the moment because of Corona time. Uh, so thank you for being here and thank you for listening. So we have a guest in the studio. I want to welcome, well, actually it's not the studio, I'm in my office and uh, our guest is not in the studio. Uh, we have Ethan Mercer with us. Welcome, Ethan. Hi, guys. Good to be here. Lovely. Thank you for having me on, Kevin. Thank you so much for stepping forward. So you run your own business, don't you? I do indeed. You run a clothing, uh, brand, called, a, a clothing brand called? What do you want? And I'll say it for you because we know <laughs> what we <people> like. <laughs> uh, and what, what do you sell? Uh, T-shirts. Jumpers and hoodies as of current. I also do vests as a new thing. So for the fitness junkies like myself, once the gyms are open up, we should be on a winner. Yeah. How long's the the brand been live? So what do you want's been around since September? Um it did have a predecessor called Hustler. Yeah. Um yeah. and I like to tell this story just because it's funny. Um but that one was born in July of last year. And have you ever heard of like Hustler adult magazines or anything from the States? Ethan, no. Right, okay. I'm not, I'm, of, course I've, of course I've heard of them. Okay, thank God. You're <laughs> the only person that has when I tell this story. Some people are like... That's because they're not being honest with you. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I got a cease and desist um about a month into having that one because i filed for the trademark wow and i was like well i'm not i'm not gonna take that on at all (laughs) no thanks um so that got shut down in the august and then what do you want was birthed in september so it's kind of been like i've stared into the face of core and adversity and thought yeah we'll just do it again really yeah where did the name come from (laughs) Um, this one, I'd love to say that I had a really creative thought process from it, <laughs> but after brainstorming Hustler for the old brand, and then obviously that kind of knocked the mojo losing that. Yeah. I was like, what do I want to name it? What am I doing? Selling clothes. And I just kind of went on a really logical brainstorm. I was like, yeah. what do people want? What do you want? And I asked my mate, I was like, what do you want? And something must have clicked. And I just was like, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And that was it. And it just kind of landed. Worked. And I was like, why has no one got that? Like, it's literally what anyone does when they go shopping. The first thing you ask a store clerk or they ask you is like, what do you want? Yeah. So yeah. it was almost a play on a logical sense. God, that sounds really nerdy. But yeah, <laughs> um, it's not creative and it's not funny. It's just how my brain was like, yeah, that'll do. It works and it's very, it's very, very practical. And it's also quite memorable as well. I told you a story before we started recording because I, in my head, I keep confusing it with a brand of a, a bar in Mansfield. And I'm not going to mention the name of the bar because it will confuse me yet again. Because uh, I now have What Do You Want in, in my head. Uh, so just turn 20 and you have your own clothing brand. And you also work, at the Leisure Centre? I do, Newark Leisure Centre. Uh, promote that, active for the day. Woo woo, thanks guys. <laughs> um, yes, I'm, as I say, a fitness junkie. So for me, um, fitness has been a big part of it. 
for my like lifestyle since I was about 16. Yeah. Um, and I obviously used to have like an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that came because of the way that formed and I'm sure me and you'll get on the mental health side of things anyway. So I'll save that for a little bit later. Um, because of the way things formed, that was like almost the therapy for me from like the situations I found myself in. Yeah. Um, and we, like food came from that fitness came from that. And I got really into like being passionate about just being healthy. Yeah. And then they had a job going and bada bing, bada boom, went from receptionist to customer advisor to fitness instructor. And here we are. Any, any plans to reopen? <laughs> um, I'm not sure because we were all banking on July 4th. We yeah. were like, yeah, no problem. And then Boris crushed the dream. Yeah. So as of currently, I don't want to give anything no. out and then have a text from my boss like, why are you lying? <laughs> and he's like, sorry. <laughs> Listen, there's so, every chance that by the time this goes out in three or four weeks' time, hopefully you'll be open again. You've got a point. So I'm going to say in two weeks from shooting this. <laughs> People, people might people might hold you to that i, I do find it really bizarre because as, as we're sat recording this we are sat uh two or three days after super saturday what a ridiculous piece of marketing that was uh and everybody went to the pubs and people can't go to the gyms which i really struggle with but i won't go into that because i don't want it to be political <laughs> smart because i can go on a massive rant <laughs> Uh, so working in the leisure center as a fitness instructor, but also have your own clothing brand, which is just incredible at 20 years old. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just amazing. And, uh, the other thing that you're doing at the moment is you're, uh, you have linked up with mind, the great mental health charity mind. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. What's going off there. Okay. So with the mind, uh, what I'm trying to do is I've kind of taken, over the course of the past year, um, obviously the clothing's gone from being a nothing to at least locally is sort of known. Like it's not yeah. renowned, but it's known. And now that there's that platform and I've kind of built the bridge, um, I'd really want the whole point of it is to give back in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. So I thought, why not start with something really personal and some I held quite dearly. And mind helped me when I was younger. So it was like, right. I have a way now to sort of return the help in a sense, especially a with platform. Corona. Because um, this wasn't even in the plans. Well, this wasn't in the plans before Corona happened. Corona wasn't in the plans. But it's come to light that now that this has happened, they're under so much pressure financially yeah. that they couldn't survive with what they were normally on. Yeah. So in a really, really weird way, it's worked out perfectly. Um, the fact that now is the perfect chance to raise money for them through um, the collection. So the collection itself is all like designed by myself and um, all sort of inspired by different, I want to say feelings and emotions. So like, you know, with social anxiety, yeah, um, someone suffers from that. They may interpret it as when they go out, they will feel like everyone's watching them. Mm -hmm. And there's a t-shirt for both men and women um, that's literally just got eyes all over it. Yeah. And that was kind of like my morphing it from like a feeling to a physiological thing. Like yeah. just how I would, like it's a simplistic design, but it works. It's like yeah. all eyes on you sort of thing. Um, but all sort of stuff is interpreted like that. 
Um, and half of the profits that are raised all go directly to uh, Minds Crisis team, who are obviously in time of financial need. Yeah, absolutely. That's brilliant. So the collection's out now? Yes, the collection is out. It's been out for what date are we on the 6th? Probably been out for about two weeks now. Right, okay. And can all be found on What Do You Want's website? Yes, so the website is www.wdyw.co.uk. Right, okay. Um, and it's literally slapped across the main banner. Uh, and if it's not there for whatever reason, scroll down one thumb swipe and you can find the WDYW Cross Mind Collection. And it's right. also targeted uh, or named It's Better Mental. So, because it's for a better mental health, yeah. um, it's also better mental. <laughs> That's brilliant. And I, I, I love it. And I, obviously because of what I do, I, I, I really admire campaigns like that. I really admire anything that anybody can do to raise the platform a little bit and uh, kind of uh, talk in a positive way or promote in a positive way, men, mental health. So that's incredible. Thank you. I appreciate that. Did you say earlier that your drive into that was your own experience of mental health? So you wanted to be able to give back? Yes. Yeah. So okay. um, my school years between like virtually year seven through to like year 12, basically, were pretty, what's your opinion on swearing? Is swearing okay on this or do we try not to? I would have to beep you. <laughs> okay, I won't do it then. <laughs> um, it was pretty horrific um, to put it in one word. Uh, I went to four different secondary schools. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, I was like, well, this is the thing. And, you know, I'm one of those, it's like, there's a silver lining to everything. I was that kid that didn't really fit in, like, no matter which school I went. Hmm. So I was always alone um, in one weird sense. And with that, I kind of got used to individuality, even though at the time, obviously, I was getting a lot of stick for it. Yeah. Now I look back and I'm like, okay. I mean, I've dealt with that and now I've gone through, I've done like two apprenticeships and I've seen, I don't, I don't mind working for someone else, but I'm much rather doing things that I want to do for me that no one else can critique with, which would stop me doing it. Like everyone could could critique the clothing as much as they wanted, but I do it because I like the designs. I won't put some out that I wouldn't wear myself. Yeah. Um, So with that, sort of experience through school the stress that that sort of put on my brain ended up with numerous doctor's visits not eating being diagnosed with anorexia all that jazz came along into one big casket of just grossness mentally yeah Um, so for me i kind of took that in the long run as just being me in a weird way not like oh, look at me, I'm still all of this. As in, like, these situations make me who I am, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to let that... I'm not going to sit and wallow in it. I'm going to use that to my benefit. And yeah. accept that from the difference of opinion that those kids had of me, I can now, as an adult, deal with that from a much healthier perspective, I guess. Yeah. I'm really bad at explaining this. <laughs> you are No, you are don't be too harsh on yourself. You are explaining it. Okay. Um, so with that sort of time period between like 12 and 17, 
maybe 12 or 16 because I started going to the gym at that point. Um, I went to counseling sessions and that. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I kind of got used to mental health diaries like mine and Casey and all that sort of jazz. Uh, and that is the personal reason for me as to why I want to give back to them. Because right, okay. although in my experience, I found that like, obviously talking now I'm a big advocate for like talking to someone like professionally as a counselor or therapist or just one of your friends uh, or family. Um, but for me, my problems were situational. If that makes sense. Like it yeah. was, I wasn't like mentally beating myself up. Like I was just getting beat up. <laughs> yeah. um, so that counseling helped me see that it wasn't me, I guess. Um, but obviously they couldn't take the bullies away. Um, that kind of, it eased it in making it more logical. Yeah. So that's the the cushioning of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an advocate for talking to people and you shouldn't ever try and a problem shares a problem halved. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, school years can be, can be absolutely brutal. I always remember going to schools and and delivering stuff around uh, being bullied. And I, my technique to educate young people on, on bullying was if you want to bully, I, I wanted to come in from the other side in terms of not work with people that had been bullied, but I wanted to try and stop it from the other side. And, and my message was if you, if you look at somebody and want to attack them for how they look, what they're wearing, they have glasses on or not have glasses on whatever it is, their sexuality or their height, their size, then that's about you, not them. Mm. And it's about, it triggers something in us in terms of wanting to attack. Mm. Uh, I always remember somebody saying to me, I, years, I, I've never forgotten this story. I walked into a cafe to meet a friend for coffee. I had a long line cardigan on at the time, which was really fashionable at the time. Mm. And this friend went, Oh my God, that cardigan's so gay. And I went, and that comment is so homophobic and so about you and not about this com- cardigan. He went, what do you mean? And I went, it's, that's all about you. Nothing wrong with this cardigan. I says, but it clearly has triggered something in you for you to be able to say that. So bullying's always about the bully, not you. The difficulty is it's you or the person that's been bullied that gets the absolute hammering. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I haven't discussed that in a good chalk of time. So it's it's brutal. It, it's abs- it's absolutely brutal and, and never to be undermined. When I work with people in here and I get, we go back to kind of school years and I'm like, and how was school? Oh yeah, it was fine, you know, got got a bit of bullying. I'm like, <laughs> got a bit of bullying. Should we talk <laughs> a little bit about like, oh, you know, it was just just kids being kids. But it's like the analogy I use is if, if, for example, somebody was walking up to you every day and punching you in the face, mm. then something would be done about it. But because they're words, quite often, they're quite often words and not physical, then it gets, it gets pushed back and says, oh, it's, you know, it's only words. And I'm like, no, words are just as powerful, if not more powerful, because words we tend to ignore and brush off. So... It is really powerful. Well, there's that saying that's like, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And it's absolute pants. <laughs> absolute <laughs> rubbish. I remember saying that as a kid. And now I look at it and go, wow. 
Yeah. What How happened? wrong we were. <laughs> what? That's just absolutely horrendous. So, uh, well, th- well, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing your journey into wanting to uh, now support mental health because uh, it's, it's really powerful. Everybody, you know, everybody has their own, their own story around that. So I always think it's really powerful when people step forward and share theirs. Uh, we are kind of at the, I, 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 ooh, I nearly said then, we are almost at the end of a pandemic. How do I know? Did somebody tell me that? I have no yeah. idea if we're at the end, an end of an, a pandemic or not. How's, how's Corona time been for you? Um, it's been weird, um, to put it. I obviously spending this much, like my dad normally works away in Scotland. Like he had his flat, everything, um, in the oil company sort of things. Yeah. And he's come home and all my life, my dad has either been like two weeks on, two weeks off or a month off, month on. Now my dad's home and I'm like, okay. Hi dad. Too much. Too much. Nice to see you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and obviously I love him to pieces. Like, I'm pretty sure he's like the biggest fan of the clothing and me. And it's really sweet that he is home. Um, I think there's sometimes where we want to knock each other out. But, <laughs> that happens. Um, but just being with the family 24-7 yeah. is really great. <laughs> um, um, no, that it's... It's brought, I think as a whole in the world, it's brought everything forward 10 years in terms of like internet shopping, internet availability and all that. I think it's brought a lot of like family things forward for myself personally, maybe not everyone, maybe some people have gone back 100 years. Um, Just like being, because our family dynamic, dynamic is weird in the fact that it's not a nine to five job like, you know, your stereotypical sort of nuclear family sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't that to begin with. So being forced into that situation definitely changed a lot, brought a lot to light, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, but it's nice. I'm a lot closer with my sister now. Um, I've managed to spend a lot more time. I've probably done what I did in the entire year for Hustle and What You Want as I have in the past, like, what are we now? Three, four months into this? Yeah. So like that condensed space of not having to go to work as much as I love it. Yeah. It has allowed me to just, I'm getting a lot more headaches because of it, but stare at a computer screen yeah. and do a lot more on that front, which has been really beneficial in that mm. front. But in terms of like physical fitness and that, it's like, uh, cause I, I'm not a cardio fan. Like for me, cardio is five minutes on the spin bike before yeah. a workout. Um, but now I'm like, okay, Oh no, I've actually got to go outside, <laughs> uh, get on a real bike, start doing that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I don't have the same sort of weight kit that I do yeah. at my work. Of course. So I'm just like, I feel deflated. I've put a little bit of weight on, which is good, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's healthy weight. <laughs> 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 um, so it's just like, it's ups and downs, you know, from a mental health perspective. It's all right. Bearable from a yeah. physical perspective. We're probably a little bit lower, but productive wise, we're like up tenfold. That's good. What That's about really with you? Good, so. Are you guys like in your industry and yourself? Uh, so, uh, my business has not ceased for like one second. I was mm. fully booked before this happened. It took a tiny dip as it all kicked in. 
Uh, and now I've got a waiting list of people uh, wanting to see me. So, and, and that, that I predict now that will just continue because although people aren't necessarily stepping forward with Corona related stuff or bereavement, mm. it feels like they had stuff going on anyway. And then Corona's kind of gone like this, mm. just placed a little bit more pressure around. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I get emails of people saying, you know, this is not Corona related. However, I do feel like it's had an impact because it has had an impact for almost everybody, whether you were furloughed, whether you continued to work, whether you took ill because of the virus, it has touched everybody. 100%. So, uh, it's, and, and, and touched everybody in, in very, very different ways. I think everyone's had a very unique experience in a yes. weird way. Yeah. So, yeah, there was, there was a phrase that I read early days, uh, was it post-traumatic growth? I remember reading that and thinking, I like that. I like that you could literally grow through this trauma, but only if you choose to grow through this trauma, you have to choose to do that. You, you, can, you can hunker down and you can go, can't do this, can't do this, can't do this, or you can go, yeah, we can do this, how we can do this, and this is what we're going to do because I've got more time. Uh, we, we've, we've got all of these resources, and then 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 you kind of thrive forward yeah say again i think you mentioned that at the myp um you know when we were all on the zoom yeah i think you brought that up sort of in the same i don't think you said ptg uh post traumatic growth but i think we kind of talked about yeah that's i do remember well people people talked a lot about uh thriving not surviving was the other phrase that's used quite a lot uh, and, and again, I get that because, but it's a choice. It has to be a choice. So with, with, uh, what do you want? You were, you were given a bit of space, a bit of time. The brand was there. The brand was out there. The clothing was there. And then you go, okay, so what do I do? Okay. I've, I've got time to invest in that now and, and, and really beef it up and, and, and make, and make it happen. Exactly. So, See, that's really, me, like common sense almost. Um, but I think that just comes from experience of not wanting to wallow i kind of said this to you off off mic a little bit to hear that from a 20 year old is quite remarkable because quite often a a 20 year old's like yeah let's just kick back watch some netflix let's do some stuff and you're like no i've got a brand there i've got a clothing brand i'm going to invest in it i want to invest the time in it i think it comes from a desire to want to retire by 30 as well there is (laughs) not <laughs> that ticket was why did I not get that post-it note? <laughs> I'll be retired yeah. when I'm when I'm 70. Good grief. Uh is that something that you really want to do? You won't you won't do that. Uh try me. I've got the house in Fiji picked out and everything. You'll like, be bored. And plan is I, no, right, okay. When I say retire, I mean be in a position where if I wanted to, I could okay. stop and like okay. everything to an extent, would work with the least, not none, but the least amount of input from me. Um, right. I'm not saying I'll be the next Jeff Bezos because my Lord, eat the rich. Um, but like maybe uh, a nice middle ground where I can have the clothing, own it. It can be an IPO and it's traded and everything's gone wrong. And I'm still like the overseer in that because yeah. I always want to have a say and not be like, 
well, why is A, B, and C out on the runway? That looks horrific. Um, but at the same point, I would also like to just have a lot of time for my family because my dad, bless him, is nearly 60 and he's still working in that. Yeah. And he does the absolute Lord's work. Um, but to me, I'm like, right, I want my family to work. <laughs> <laughs> and just have that. Because my dad has took me to like Florida, Tenerife, and I've seen the world, like I've seen Europe, the States and around. And traveling and being able to not be in England yeah. is really nice to me. Like I want to see things. I want my kids to see things. And that's why I'm also like the clothing that's all totally, well, almost completely carbon neutral, like sustainable. Yeah. Um, and I, that's kind of because I want fashion. Did you know the fashion house, like industry as a whole, produces 6% of pollution? No. Massive, like huge amount. And that's because fast fashion, like Primark and all that sort of jazz, just kick you out like it's nobody's business. It's so disposable now. 100%. Like people buy it, put it in the wardrobe, and it's in the back of the wardrobe, and then it doesn't even get worn, but it's a £2 t-shirt, so who cares? Yeah. I just don't understand that. But I want to have a world that my grandkids can live in basically and they're a little ways off i think i hope and again that's really that's a, that's a massive statement coming from somebody of your age i'll tell you what i did see yesterday and i don't watch tv very often no i don't watch tv adverts very often mm. but there was a, a tv advert from a, a very big brand and was it by 2030 they wanted to be a hundred hundred percent sustainable Nice. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's incredible from this massive brand, but that's, that's what they want. I can't remember what their percentage is right now, but I, I just looked at it, I was like, wow, I, I, I like that. And actually, if a clothing brand is going to work moving forward, that's how they're going to work, by doing something like that. Well, Gucci are currently going down that track, finally. Um, at last. This isn't a specific statistic, but it is a fact. Um, but all those sort of designer brands from like up there at Louis Vuitton to like River Island. Yeah. They get to a point in their clothing production line. Yeah. And it's kind of lost as to where the material came from or who made it. Yeah. So there's questions of ethics, fair trade, sustainability yeah. and all that. But that's the perks of mine. Like I could tell you who shipped this t-shirt, who it was in India that picked the cotton I can tell you the flight path that it came on, like everything yeah. is completely traceable. And I think that needs to be the benchmark for everything that's in the fashion industry. Yeah. So yeah, because it is, it is very, very disposable. And I, and I say that as someone that, that loves to buy clothes and, and the turnover clothes, my wardrobes just keep expanding because I don't throw stuff away, but it's, you when, you, when, you, when you say 6%, I'm not surprised at that because it's so disposable now. And like you say, if you're buying a t-shirt at £2 or £5 or £10, it doesn't matter whether you wear it or not. It's like, uh, whatever. I'll wear it once and then throw it. Exactly. It's actually horrific. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just glad it's not a lot of plastic consumption, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So you would have been 19 then. What made you decide that you wanted it to be ethical in that way literally i got you know like when you google one thing and you get like 20 google searches later in the rabbit hole yeah um i was i'm not gonna lie to you when i was younger and i was 
quite high. time. I was very high and I was like, just sat there in the car with my best mate, like, I want to do something with my life. What can I do? And I started looking at businesses and that, just like, you know, like drop shipping and all that sort of fashion. Like it was hype at the time last year. And I was like, none of it really suits me. And that was it. it was like, it was dead. like a few days later, sober, um, <laughs> started researching. Cause I was like, okay. And I'm looking at my wardrobe now, like it's parallel. I'm looking at my suits and that. And I'm like, yeah, I really like quite out there stuff. Like I've got a suit with tulips on and the snake skin, not real snake skin. Um, <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, okay. I'm quite weird with my fashion. So I started thinking, can I make my own stuff? Because I don't want to pay 500 pounds for a Gucci jacket or whatever. Like, yeah. I'll just make it myself. And with that, it was like, that's how I stumbled across the statistics of fashion. And I was like, okay, that's horrific. Started building on that. Found out more that obviously fashion isn't traceable from River Island through to Gucci. Yeah. And, that. and I was like, okay, that's a very broad spectrum that needs sort of like closing and fixing. Yeah. And it kind of came off um, almost a confidence thing where I was like, well, why can't I do that? And started researching suppliers that were green, got in contact with the guys that make my t-shirts. It kind of went from there. And I tell you what, when you turn up to a fashion producers or clothing makers looking like this, an absolute 12-year-old baby face after sounding like this over the phone, the faces some people pull, you're like, (laughs) I've lost this already, haven't I? (laughs) I got, oh, it was so embarrassing. I went down to uh, Loughborough and there was a company there and we'd been on the phone and they're like, yeah, yeah, come down. We'll have a good chat. I got my suit on. Like I look the dogs Yeah. Uh, and we go and it's like, I'm Ethan. And they're like, and I think the face was like, oh, <laughs> oh right. Okay. <laughs> and from there, they were just like, I don't, we don't think you're what we're looking for. And it was like, you're fine on the phone. So that's, that's a whole other So ageist that is, but completely. I know. <laughs> um, but that's just how the dice roll. But I'm very comfortable with my suppliers down in the Isle of Wight at the moment. Yeah. Um, and they do a fantastic job with the traceability and everything. So to answer your question, I wanted to get into the greenery once I realized how awful the current situation was. Yeah. One last question for you. Mm-hmm. Where do you think your this is a deep one, this one. Where do you think your level of maturity comes from? Childhood trauma. Right, okay. <laughs> like that's just um I think the maturity comes from the fact that I have done a lot of narcotics and I've seen a lot of what it my so like a lot of my friends I love to death are into that sort of thing yeah and that's for them like they enjoy it they're cool um and i'm not going to knock it because you know i used to love it to pieces um so in fact in december of last year i had a really really bad car crash um rolled the car three times and all that jazz wow i'll show you a picture after this um and I wasn't, I was sober. Let's just make that very clear. Um, and after that, I found out that the girl I was seeing at the time wanted to break up with me. And then on New Year's Eve, 
went over to go see her, found out she was cheating on me. <laughs> um, and on that night, I did a fair few drugs. Yeah. Had probably the worst panic attack I've ever had in my life in front of like all my friends and was like, great. <laughs> um, and from there, like I was phasing out the drug abuse anyway to just sort of weed. Yeah. And after that, I can't even like, when my mates are smoking it, I can smell it. I'm like, ugh. And I tried to smoke it once again, like just once. Hmm. And after like one toke, I was like, nope. <laughs> I like, out a little bit. And like my mind immediately associates it with just negative connotations now. Yeah. Um. So the maturity, I think, comes from the fact that I've been in a lot of bad situations and been able to sort of work my way through them. Um, I've had not a lack of support from like friends and family, but it taught me very quickly at a young age that the only person that's really there at the end of your life is you. And you have to be able for the most part to support yourself. Yeah. Um, And it is obviously nice to have friends and family that you can talk to, which I do have. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah and I'm not saying that it's like you have to be able to just close it up until it's absolutely dire um, but you have to I can evaluate a situation from an outside looking in now and like I try and look at what the pros and cons of the situation are and as long as the cons aren't either I'll die or it'll kill someone I'll probably try and do it if it's got really good con or pros. Yeah. Um, but I don't have to be in the situation now to figure it out. Like I can see, it sounds like I lost some sort of sixth sense. I can kind of see how it will probably play out. Yeah. And that kind of just comes from being in the situation a million times before. <laughs> um, and I've just sort of learned to visualize before yeah. doing it. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? We 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 call that uh, we call that emotional awareness, emotional okay. intelligence. You when when you can look in as, on a situation and be able to read it or see it, as hmm. you described, uh, it it might sound strange for some people to hear that, but it doesn't sound strange for me to hear it because I know exactly what you mean. If I'm you, glad. <laughs> I'm really glad <laughs> what I'm talking about because honestly, it got to a point there. I was like. I'm just rambling again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we, we we call it it's it's emotional awareness. But just to point out, so with childhood stuff mm. and experience, there's there's a choice. There's a choice to grow from it, mm. or there's there's a choice to carry it around like a, a a badge of honor that just weighs you down massively and hampers you. You've you've made some really profound choices to to grow to grow from uh, your experience so far. So you should be proud of yourself for doing that. Thank you. I sincerely mean that. Thank you. Um, I try my best. Well, and and I and I sincerely mean it when I say you really should be proud of yourself for for, for doing that because that that part's really important. Because sometimes we we kind of throw that one back and go, oh, yeah, yeah, thanks for that. And I'm like, no, seriously. You you have learned some profound lessons at, at a really young age, so therefore uh, you're already, like, 
years ahead of a lot of people. So, well done you. Oh, you got me all smiley now. <laughs> Cheers, Kevin. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you. I don't know what else to say to that. It's like, <laughs> I don't, I just, I just kind of do what I do and hope it doesn't kill me and, um, you know, try and have a bit of fun with it and just, yeah. I do what I like to do. I don't think anyone should ever spend their life doing things because they feel they have to do it. You don't have to do anything to an extent. You have to provide for yourself, but yeah. that's like capitalism and different debate in it. You, you tapped into that earlier. You tapped into wanting to be able to do what you want to do. And you know, we, we spend a lot of our lives working uh, because, because we do for, for many different reasons. So again, to be, how old was I when I started working for myself? Oh, how old am I now? Oh, I was mid-40s. Mid-40s when I started to work for myself. And that was only because I was made redundant from... Kevin, 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 Kevin. How old are you? Are you, you, you can't ask me that. Can't. I can't. This is your podcast. <laughs> I'm 52. I'm not allowed to swear on him. I don't believe that. But okay, sure. 19, 1968. 1968, I was born. And you've still got a full head of hair. Well done. I'm proud of it. Good like I'm terrified that, like, it's going. Yeah, but you can you can do something about that now. Hair transplants, we know. <laughs> <laughs> on the way forward. Uh so I was, I was kind of mid-40s by the time I, I started to truly do something that I absolutely adore. Do you know what I mean? And working yeah. for myself as well. It was like, now, somebody steps forward and says, would you like to do this? And I go, either yes or no. And, mm. and if I don't want to do what they're doing or what they're offering me, then I go, yeah, no, I'm all right, thanks. Or if I want to do it, then I do. But it's always under my banner. And that is really powerful. And, and you, you tapped into that earlier. It's... And it's not something that's offered to a lot of people. So to have your brand, again, at such a young age, and to look at it in its kind of like infancy and go, wow, where's that going to go to? What's the, what's the potential on that in, in the next five years? Where, where, could, where could that grow to? It's just uh, astounding. So Because it has massive, massive potential. No, you're just sweet talking to me. But yeah, um, I just want to be like... I just sounds really like self-conceived, but I just want right to quote my favorite Broadway show. Have you ever seen Hamilton? Heard of Hamilton? Heard of it? I've not seen it. Okay, um, there's a line in it where it's like, "I want to build something that's going to outlive me," and oh, yeah. that resonates with me because I oh, just like want to set the benchmark for bit. I just yeah, I just want to set the benchmark for the fashion house and actually pretty much changed the world yeah that, and, you, that and and you'll do that as long as you as long as you stay with your passion uh you know we we talk a lot about uh doing stuff that you believe in stuff that you value stuff that really resonates with you and it's that part that's really important you you used the word weird earlier in terms of yeah. your dress sense and i was like and, and i wrote it down because i wanted to bring it back and, and i was like weird is it weird or is it individual is it just you being individual and actually doing what you want? Uh, I mean, I keep looking up at my open wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely like, yeah, it's pretty weird. 
Uh, no, very, very individual. <laughs> um, um, well, I'll, I'll have to send you some photos of like the suits I've got because I'm my main game for like the super dream is to do tailorship as well for like suits yeah. and dresses for like Met Galas and all that. Oh, nice. um, and it obviously incorporate the greenery and so on and so forth with yeah. that. But I just, I can't, I respect people that can wear a black or a gray or a blue suit, but I can't like my t-shirt. Obviously this one's one of the, what do you want ones? But like, it's just very sort of out there, big in your face. And I like that. I kind of, all I like just all subtle, but in your face, if that makes sense, like it's got a difference to it. So yeah, individual. Yeah. And that's just, I just called it weird because I'm being hard on myself. Yeah. We, we, we don't celebrate individuality enough in the world and we do go down that route of just calling it weird it's not weird it's just it's people being individual and i i admire that so much in people when when they can do what what they want without any fear of consequence but we we live in a world that's really that it's very very judgmental so we live in a really dark (laughs) yeah well, it's, it's just so judgmental and it's so full of uh, fear and judgment and people not wanting to step into, into vulnerability. But uh, when you said that then about wanting to do stuff that were sustainable and green for, I don't know, people that were walking the red carpet, in my head immediately I went, wow. And people would do that because then they would go, okay, so I look absolutely amazing and stunning and yes, it's green. And yes, I can, I, 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 I'm, I'm also sending a message out there. So my goodness, if, if ever there was going to, if, if ever there was going to be something that was going to skyrocket, it's that theme right there, particularly with people that were famous because yeah. they love it. Absolutely love it. Well, they get to feed their ego of being a good person sort of thing, yeah. isn't it? So, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but it's your name. It's, it's your name that gets you out there. So They still have to pay me to do it. So it's okay. <laughs> Ethan, thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for your absolute honesty during that recording because uh, it is to be admired. Thank you. Is there anything uh, that you want to leave the listener with? Any profound message or little golden nugget? Oh, wow. Probably just to reiterate what I said earlier and do what you have to do on a primal basis is like provide for yourself or family if you've got one. But take, if you had the option between a hundred grand job that you hate doing and it's like, Oh, it's Monday. Or you have the choice for 30 grand job that you absolutely adore. Always take what you adore. Cause we yeah. live in a capitalistic society where it's like the bigger the money, the better you are. And it's shouldn't you shouldn't look at it like that. If it doesn't, money doesn't buy happiness. And like that's such a very cliche term, but it's very true. And people will be like, yeah, but did you ever see someone unhappy on a jet ski? And it's like, okay, let's look at the celebrities that have caused themselves suicide because of unhappiness, even though they had all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. And so my term of goodness is literally do what makes you happy on a day to day basis. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love that analogy of 100 grand or 30 grand, 100 grand not happy, 30 grand happy. And a lot of people would just go, and what I keep coming back to, it's an age thing. You know, at my age, I would definitely go, yeah, yeah, absolutely, 30 grand to be happy. Uh, but 
most people at your age would go, no, I want the hundred grand because then I can buy what I want. I'm like, no, absolutely mm. not. I can't tell you how many people I've worked with that have been in their fifties and that have arrived and they just go, I'm really unhappy. Why am I so unhappy? I don't feel happiness at all. And I'm like, so we've looked into it. We've pulled things apart. And I'm like, Oh, you're in the wrong job. But they're like, what do you mean? I'm really successful. I'm like, yeah, but you're, and for example, you're working in numbers and actually you're really creative and numbers aren't really creative. They're a science. They, they're very formulated. And actually what you want to do is design wardrobes or design gardens or whatever it is. This is you're a creative. Uh, yeah. So it just causes so much unhappiness in the world. And, and, and we really have to follow our hearts. 100%. We have to follow our hearts. Thank you. Thank you so much for your honesty again and, and, and for, for giving us your time this evening. No, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it because I feel really special because like you don't know me personally and it's just like you've given me this time of day and I feel like I would probably call you a friend and you now know a hell of a lot about me. <laughs> so yeah, you know, kind of have to call you a friend now because you're in my trauma. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so does everybody that listens to this. So there we have another podcast. Thank you so much for Ethan for uh, taking part in that. Remember that we are recording these podcasts on a weekly basis. They are all around mental health, mindset, uh, what's good for us, what's bad for us. We are here and the reason we do them is because we want to talk more and more about mental health and, and take it, I said this the other day, take it from the dark cupboards that it's been placed and get it out there and start talking about it a little bit more because the truth is we all have mental health. So I'm going to go. We have talked for long enough. Uh, be kind to yourself and everybody around you. And please be safe. Thanks again, Ethan. Take care. Radio News.